Blog Talk Radio. when I saw the place where Dr. Dean Schrock is and will be holding a retreat soon. Um, and I always pronounce it, I, I always forget how to pronounce it, and he'll have to tell me if I do it right. I think it's Yahats, but some of us seem to say Yahats, and I'm not sure why. But however you say it, um, Y-A-C-H-A-T-S, Oregon, there's a sign there that says it's the gem of the Oregon coast, and I will tell you, I just stumbled upon it in the early 90s um, when I first came to Oregon, and it is spectacular. It's just so beautiful. Um, And Dr. Dean Schrock, who I will be bringing on the line in a moment, has returned to the show today, and I always forget to say the date as well, which I'm reminded to do. It is Monday, March 12, 2018. And welcome to those of you listening live or across time. You're with us today energetically, no matter when or where you're listening today. And a big welcome to our worldwide audience. I know you're out there, and it just touches my heart to know some of the places where you are listening to this show. And um, welcome. Today, we are going to be talking about... How we nourish our souls. And in fact, Dean is going to be teaching about this coming up in Yahats, but he is also quite the lifelong expert on this. Dean, who was recently on the show talking about his book, Why Love Heals Mind, Body, Spirit Medicine, and he's also talked about doctor's orders go fishing knows quite a bit about what it is we need to do to stay happy and healthy and be in a space of real joy and passion in our lives. Um, Tonight we're going to talk about how we discover our soul's greatest desire, what that has to do with nourishing 
our soul and balancing our lives? And how do we truly take care of ourselves? Dean was for many years director of mind-body medicine for a very conventional place, um, a group of 40 cancer centers. And he helped people with balance in that space. And he still teaches frequently on this topic. He taught and researched a wellness program that truly improved survival with cancer, and he was able to statistically show that he is yet another guest that blends science and spirituality. And he's written um, sections in traditional textbooks. He has a place in the book, The Power of the Heart, another one that has really touched our hearts, and we've had um, Baptiste de Pop, who, who who wrote that book and included so many wonderful teachers in there, um, and so and he has a doctorate in counseling psychologist. He is a psychologist, and his website is deanschrock.com. Quite the long introduction, just so much to say about Dean, and so I'm just so happy to be bringing Dean once again on the Frontier Beyond Fear. Welcome back, Dean. Thank you, Susan. It was a long introduction, but I'm it smiling. Was. Thank you very it much. It was. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You talk about, you know, are you doing what you love? I was reading some of the things you're going to be teaching and what you've taught for years. And it seems to be one of the things I love to do is just flow with these introductions and questions and, and just kind of do it in the way I do it. And, and um, you know, your work has really touched my heart, and I know many, many hearts out there, and there's just so much to say about all that you've done and you're doing. So so welcome back, Dean. And um, what's it like out there today at the Oregon coast? Oh, okay, firstly, thank you again. And you're quite yes. right about the day. It was magnificent here today, and yesterday yes. also, but the day especially so, so that I was out a good portion of the day working in the yard, so pleased to be able uh-huh. to get out. Yeah, yeah, I was out part of the day too. In fact, my dog, who is quite um, old, she she wandered farther than she's ever, ever walked. And, you know, in recent years, she goes very slowly. Because she was experiencing the day, and I learned a lot from her and, you know, how even a dog can age gracefully, you know, and enjoy life. And she was certainly enjoying this spring day, and so was I. (laughs) Yeah, great. Yeah, from where I'm sitting in my office, I can actually look over the Yahats Bay. By the way, you did pronounce it correctly. Yes, I I, thank you. It's, we Thank pronounce you. it Yahats. But uh-huh. anyhow, when the tide is out, uh, people are always letting their dogs run on the beach and yeah. the bay, and that's fun to see. Yeah. Well, there's something really special about Yahats. And and like I said, even before I ever knew that you were down there, um, you know, probably I don't even know how long you've been down there. I'm, some of us just stumble upon the place. It's just it's one of those places where we seem to be called, and it, it's somewhat hidden too. You some of those um, overlooks and where you you go down to the beach, um, 
once you get over there, you, it's just wow. It's incredible. It's really, really one of the best places on the Oregon coast. Probably the the yeah. best as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you like it so well because we do too. We are thrilled. We've been here about five years. And you're right, we stumbled across it in a way when I finished writing my book, Why Love Heals, and it was a bigger effort to market than to actually write so that we decided, yeah. you know, it became a, a bestseller, and we thought, okay, we really should celebrate, take some time off. And we found so yeah. many excuses and reasons why we didn't or wouldn't, and then I just thought, I'll find this place right on the Oregon coast so it won't be so far away. And we came here, and we had never been here before, and next thing you knew, we were buying land and soon thereafter building our house. And as pleased as we can be, we honestly think it's as beautiful as you do. And, you know, yeah. when Baptiste and I taught uh, Manifesting from Your Heart workshop here, we did it at the yeah. Overleaf Forum, going to hold my Nourishing Your Soul retreat. So you know how beautiful not only is it here in Yahat, but in that particular location at the Overleaf yeah. Lodge and Spa, and their event center, so I really mean it, and I know you understand it when I say this is the perfect setting, the perfect place, uh, everything about this is just right, and I find myself saying something that actually sounds like it has to be an exaggeration, but I swear I was born to teach this retreat in this space and feel like I've been truly guided in, in the nicest, best way to be here to do this, and it's all rather convenient for me, and, and and I know we'll be so welcoming for those who choose to come to the retreat about nourishing your soul. You know, what's so interesting about the title and the content of your retreat is spending time in a place like Yahats, which is, you know, it, it's it's kind of off the beaten path. I mean, it's it's not hard to get to, though. In fact, I'll tell you. In fact, Dean knows this firsthand. He knows that I don't like, like, like parking my car in tight spaces and things. I don't, but I had no trouble um, driving down there with no difficulty at all. It's a beautiful drive down the down the coast, and um, and I think that that people who come down there will find it if they're coming into Portland from somewhere else because it's a it's really getting to be a nice time of year as you start getting more towards summer and it's just so spectacular even to make the drive down from Portland or maybe you're coming up from 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 California or maybe you know people who are coming out from um the Ashland area perhaps cuz it's it's accessible to a lot of places Right. Actually, from Ashland, it'd probably be maybe a nine-hour drive, so it isn't so bad. Yeah, I guess bad. that's a little farther, uh, <laughs> but it's still doable. It's still doable. Oh, it, it is. It's a perfect and place for a time to just really relax and enjoy the natural beauty. But in this case, yeah. so I have the opportunity to share with them what I've learned and what I believe will really make people happy and healthy. And you know, like you mentioned, my book, Doctor's Orders Go Fishing, where I was very interested in teaching people, cancer patients and families, about the will to live and how they could um, hopefully, or hopefully I could help them instill this will to live. 
and improve their quality of life, if not length of life. And as you mentioned, our research actually showed that it improved their length of life as well as quality of life. So it's the yeah. perfect place, and, and I have this experience that I want to share about what I really know works. And you mentioned how I'd also co-authored some other things like the chapter on mind-body medicine and Dr. Andrew Weil's textbook, Integrative Oncology. Yeah. So I, yeah. I do know the research part of this, but what I really want to share is my personal experience. And another way to know, which won't surprise you and probably most of your audience, the meditation is an entirely different way to know truth and what really is what you need or we could say your soul needs. And so I look forward also then to sharing my many years of meditations and insights I've been given as well as what I know more scientifically based about what people can do to truly um, refresh, restore, um, take this time to really take care of themselves. Yes, yes. And, you know, what's so interesting about the modern world that we find ourselves in is it seems like, you know, we know we're told what it is that will help us, that we need to to take care of ourselves. And, and, and you know, if you think about um, even we, we don't, we don't seem to make the connection to action, you know, where where it's so easy for us to to work and work and work and work. Why is it so difficult for us to do the very thing that will allow us to have a a long and fulfilling life? It's it's like we we have a tendency to just get on a different track and and we're blocked from from seeing what it is that we need to do. Susan, I think that's a great question, and it surprised me a great deal when I was teaching people how to create a much better balance in their lives between doing what they really want to do and all the other things they think they should be doing, and they found it too selfish. The two big things that came up was they were too busy or this was too selfish. Everyone and everything else should come first. So that's partly an answer to your question is the conditioning that we think Everything else is more important than us, and it's too selfish for us to actually ever put ourselves first. And that is a huge mistake. It is imperative that people have joy in their lives. And I would say equally as strongly from a metaphysical position that human existence is a grand opportunity to uh, both create and experience great joy. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I I have quite a memory of when I used to be in the office full-time and working as a computer scientist. And, Dean, I would come home at night, and I was spent. I mean, just utterly spent. And it wasn't that I hated what I was doing. I didn't totally hate what I was doing or anything like that, but there was something wrong. There was something out of balance, and and truthfully, my health was not as good. In fact, I I think of my, some of us, when we were younger, we had less energy than when we were older, because when I think back to that time, I didn't have as much energy as I have now in my 50s. Um, um, I, you know, even though I was much younger. And so, so again, um, 
those who are out there listening, you know, maybe they came home from a really rough day at work and they're they're feeling that way. How can they begin to enter into to learning how to take care of themselves and to breathe and to meditate? Well, it's really a matter of priorities and deciding that it's important enough. You know, when I would work with cancer and tell people or they would tell me it's too selfish or they don't have time, I would remind them when they were diagnosed with cancer and the physician recommended any number of treatments, whether it was chemotherapy, surgery, radiation, you know, you probably didn't say you were too busy. In fact, you probably kept everything. If it was a series of radiation treatments, for example, it was going to be five days a week for six weeks on the average, and you dropped everything for it. And so I tried to explain to people just common sense when you're busy doing what you like to do. You tend to forget your aches and pains. You know, everybody knows, again, the common sense. You've got to stop and smell the roses. But, again, the conditioning is so strong that we think that all of these other things are more important. Well, again, it's been my work and research and study for so many years, not only, again, academically, but also in understanding this over almost 40 years through meditation and insights I've gained that way, it is simply essential. Joy and peace of mind are essential for your life and health. Yes, yes. You know, it seems there's a, there's something, I was reading some information that you had sent me about this class, and there's a question that you ask in the midst of this, which is what what makes your heart sing? And I wonder if you could reflect upon, you know, how how we, I, I think we tend to know it, but how we get to that point. Like if you are working in a really, in a job that maybe doesn't make your heart sing, you know how how we begin to live a life where we're in alignment with that. Right. Well, that's then all the more reason why you need to make sure you're making time, other than at work. Still, hopefully, ideally, at work, you can find aspects of your work that you really do enjoy. But right. then, then it's imperative in my mind that you do it at other times. And so, one of the activities I've done for years is have people list their interests and list their needs and list their values and then really look at that and prioritize them and then say, you know, just take one thing from your list every day, just one. And whether that's reading a book, you know, going out for tea with a girlfriend, it, it doesn't matter what is it that you honestly enjoy doing and then simply do it. As you say, you have to take the action. It's one thing to talk about it but you need to really do it and allow yourself to do it. And I say don't wait till you get sick before you get smart. Yes, yes, and and you've seen how, you know, we so often, you know, people get that wake-up call and and that's that's not what we want. We want to catch it before then. We want to get our lives in alignment before, you know, something happens to make us come to a screeching halt. 
And you know what, what I notice more and more as I get older, Dean? I mean, you start noticing um, people, you, you see it even in the um, in the popular culture, how this life, it is, a, it is a finite thing, at least on the planet, in the current life that we're in. Um, and And it's so strange that we can't seem to cross that, um, cross over to that place where we just live it as fully as we can, you know, because because we're, we are only here for a limited time as we are right now. Of course, we're here forever. But, um, but knowing that it is finite, you would think that more of us would, would just go for it and, and live life to the fullest. Yeah, and while I agree with you, again, it's just my experience that people really do struggle with this. And I know I've been yeah. interviewed a lot, and, and when I tell people, you know, different interviews that, that it's not as easy as it seems, you know, they, they still somehow seem to think there's a, a quicker fix to all of this. But it honestly is a matter of priorities and that you just really have to take the time Um you know, our our lives really are filled with so many things that don't uh, lend themselves easily to doing this, whether it's, you know, our jobs and what we think yeah. we need to do in terms of making money and paying our bills, or if you're married and have a family, you know, I joke, but it's really pretty true, is, you know, take 20 years out of your life for every child. Oh, it's, very difficult. Yes, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to... To really take time and do some other things, but that doesn't mean that you still can't think about what really does matter. And what I found over the years is after I asked some people to really think about what makes their heart sing, as you said, is that the the, the big three are your spiritual beliefs, your family, and your friends. But when I ask people to look at how they actually spend their time, the lists are very different in terms of what they would really love to do and what they like to do. And well, how they actually spend their time, and I go, okay, so what's wrong with this picture is then if your spiritual beliefs and family and friends in particular are that important, please make time to do that. Yeah. You know, something that I've observed um, in, in Yahat, it seems like you have real community there. It, it seems like people really get together and support one another, and and I wonder, Dean, what you have to say about wherever we find ourselves, how we can foster that feeling of community um, that that I've observed just just on you know on Facebook, just casually, um, and also when I was down there, it seemed like you know people just really cared about one another there, and there was this wonderful feeling um, among. The, the friends down there, and it's a small place, but wherever we are, um, how can we foster that community around us or find those people? Well, you know, every thought we have, I want to say we're a great big creating machine, creates, yeah. literally, every thought we have creates. And so I think that people are naturally drawn to whatever are their most dominant thoughts and feelings into circumstances that are simply a reflection of their dominant thoughts and feelings. So I feel blessed that we were drawn here, and I think actually in talking to many people and how they ended up here, 
is that um, it's just a wonderful place where, honestly, people uh, volunteer more than anywhere else I've ever seen. And, you know, as you say, our, our little city is quite small. We're only about 700 people. Um, yeah. But there's anything that needs done, somebody volunteers to do it with remarkable expertise in, in terms of the people who live here and their skills and uh, not only that, but, of course, indeed, their interest in, in working together and, you know, my wife in particular, but I'm also on a number of committees and commissions in the city. And and when yeah. we were asked, okay, so why do you want to do this? Well, it was rather simple to me. I live here. I You know, I choose to contribute and, and make the city, a, you know, a nice place to, to live. And uh, also because we are, a, um, a, you know, a vacation uh, place to come, um, we have an overabundance of vacation rentals, actually, because it is yeah. so pretty here. But in the end, why my wife and I moved here was the community and a definite sense of community and that people really did care. And initially we were caught up in the committee, what they call the trails crew. Yahats actually uh-huh. is probably um, the one area in the entire state of Oregon that has an outrageous concentration of trails beautiful places to hike and twice a month about 20 people at least always show up to help maintain the trails that's just what they do yes yes that's that's amazing you know that's actually an area i really haven't explored down there except along the coast and and i've seen that it does have spectacular trails um, when you see pictures of that area, um, you know something else that I've noticed, and and maybe this is another question too. It seems like you guys have fun down there. Like every once in a while, you'll I'll see a picture on your page where you're at some party where you're wearing like a silly hat, or you know, I mean, it is just like, oh my gosh, these people are just do. You know, you're just having fun and you're being silly, and and how yeah. what does that have to do with 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 nourishing our souls? Oh, it's perfect. I say that uh-huh. silly is silly is good, you know, like Halloween. It's a perfect opportunity to let your hair down, to quit acting your age, and you know, the other things you think you should be or can't be, no. <laughs> you know, do whatever it is. And, and fortunately, this community has a number of people who are very creative and very um, full of fun or spirited. And so once a month at our community center, uh, one of the women in town uh, hosts Bunko. I don't know if you know what that game is. It's a dice yes, game. Yes, yes, they have it up um, here too. Yes. <laughs> okay, and and about twenty to thirty people show up again every month, and it is loud and raucous, and everybody brings something to eat, and it's just fun. And then for the Academy Awards, which were recent, um, another uh-huh. couple in town. Um, she went to, you know, I don't want to say real trouble, but she enjoyed it. That's just part of her having fun. And she created all these Oscars for people and all these games and things for us to do. And, you know, whoever gets the most nominations right, you know, who won the awards or whatever, they got a prize yeah, and uh-huh, so uh-huh. forth. Yeah, so it's just, um, you know, birds of the feather flock together, I guess. Yeah, well... 
when just observing it, it just seems like you found a certain formula that would help a lot of us is that you know it's just just a matter of of relaxing more like you said let your hair down and and you know you can be like a child for for a little bit i mean it's just it seems like we we are so caught up with the shoulds as as you say that that we lose sight of that and i i also want to ask you um, because you talk about our inner vision and our inner wisdom and intuition and dreams and and you had said that you know you were guided to live there and and let's talk about that guidance that we feel to help us find you know where we're supposed to be yeah you know, because of my background in counseling psychology, uh, I actually worked at the university counseling center as part of my training uh, while I was studying. And what we found is that students came in, well, you know, at this tender age of 18 or 19, you know, having made a, a pretty major decision about what they thought they wanted to do for the rest of their lives. And for the most part, we had to help them really think more about who they really are and then find something that really suited whatever that was, rather than you choose a field of study and hope that that works out somehow. So I think that part of the process is helping people um, look more closely at who they really are and what really resonates with them. And while we are taught, certainly in terms of our formal schooling, about the use of reason and logic and research and science, um, most of your audience, because I know you so well, Um, We'll also be familiar with the idea that you can listen to an inner voice, an inner wisdom. And so many people have written and talked about it from so many perspectives. It's very, very real. And I was blessed early in my life to have worked with a man who had developed a self-improvement program. And we became best friends and actually business partners. And I I learned how to uh, teach this program. But I also discovered that this fella had been psychic all of his life. And then while we were working together and meditating daily, at one point he began to go into a trance-like state and channel. And then every day, Susan, for seven years, I had the opportunity to speak with this wisdom. We called them um, mentors. Many people might call them spirit guides or teachers. Whatever label and certainly one of great respect we give them, I learned that this wisdom was available to me and that it it was so helpful and so wise that even if it went against my current way of thinking and, you know, studying in science and so forth, I just learned to trust it because I had gathered and gained all of this experience and then went on to develop my own intuition so that I feel it's almost like cheating that if you don't know how to do this, it's, boy, are you missing out because I can check in from moment to moment to get a sense of is this really um, what I want to do? Is this really advisable? Um, Or get the immediate feedback, yeah, what you're doing is good, you know, keep it up or whatever it might be. And then certainly in terms of 
I'm, I'm starting to write a new book, and I thought I had a subject that was given the information. We think that you have something more to offer than what I was thinking. And so each yeah. morning I look forward to meditating and getting some insights into um, whatever might be helpful, period, but hopefully ending up in another book. But now I'm preparing for this retreat next month is I, I just have a, a, a real ball sitting and making notes and thinking about things to say or, um, you know, maybe to make a, a, a point more clear or I'm going to come up with a new guided meditation for each of the sessions I teach. And I I would feel um, at a great loss to not have this additional um, information available to me from within beyond all of what I know because of my study and experience. Yeah. How do you work with dreams, Dean? Do you advise people to write their dreams down or, you know, to remember their dreams? Or It seems like our dreams can at times be very, very meaningful. I've certainly had that experience and where I've written down a dream and, and sometimes they, they aren't always easy to interpret, but... Um, but I was curious as to, I know you mentioned dreams as being a part of this workshop, and it just, um, yeah, how do we work with our dreams? Well, you know, from a psychological perspective, we would say dreams are an attempt to make the unconscious or what's not conscious, conscious. And it does it in symbols and a language and in a way that seems so fanciful at times. We certainly can question if it makes any sense at all or, what in the world do these dreams mean? And interestingly, I met a, a fellow recently, his name is David Rivenus, who actually currently lives in Portland, but is in the process uh-huh. of moving here to Yahats. And he's written a book called Always Dreaming, and how actually the information in our dreams, if we look at them in terms of a theme, rather than trying to interpret you know, specific symbols, that it really is explaining what is going on in our day-to-day lives in a way, again, that's full of guidance, just wonderful guidance about what we're doing, either things that are working well for us or not working so well for us. And your dreams are a wonderful source of information. I definitely recommend to people before you go to bed at night is ask a question. And Uh that makes it a little easier because then it isn't some random dream as such. Your dreams will, in fact, Attempt to answer your question. If you ask the same question, this is what I tell people to do, every evening for a week, ask the same question. By the time that week is over, you will definitely get a sense of the answer to your question. So no question. It is a wonderful resource. Uh, Certainly it, it takes the logic out of the way. So in a sense, it's maybe even a better way than doing it while you're awake because as you are learning to meditate, you know, your mind can wander or logic can enter in. So either when you're awake to meditate or when you're sleeping, please, please take advantage of the insights you can gain from this inner wisdom. Yes, yes. You know, I've I've told people in my life, um, throughout my life, Dean, even since I was a little child and saw Wizard of Oz, um, I've had tornado dreams. And depending on the state of my life will will determine if I have one and what happens in the tornado in the dream. So in some of the dreams, um, I'm helpless, it's coming, and it's like total chaos. 
other dreams, I'm telling people what to do. I'm saving people, um, you know, and depending. But they always show up at times of great change for me. And so for that, it's it's a fascinating thing in my own life. And I don't know if anybody else has this happen. And I also lived in Kansas for, for over 10 years. <laughs> and so sometimes I'd wake up and maybe the tornado siren was actually going off. So that was that that was a little different. But, yes, the, the symbolism to me was very profound, just, just – um, and how I responded to it in the dream, if I was afraid or if I was, you know, in a leading role or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've had the experience and you know that they can have meaning. Uh, but I love the idea of really asking a specific question. You're not quite sure what to do. And, you know, you could you try to figure it out. You could consult any number of professionals or friends. But... The resource you have within, I, I honestly have experienced and can say, is greater than any other resource you could ever develop. Yes, 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 very, very true. And, and it, it seems like those dreams for me helped me to develop being calm under pressure, you know, like uh, that, that that was one of the the symbols. Um, and And they weren't, you know, you rarely destructive. It was really about, you know, how I responded. Um, so I have a question about, I know you talk about gratitude. There, there's some key areas that you're going to explore during this workshop. And I know that um, being thankful, um, let's talk about that for, for a little bit as to how that impacts our souls and how we feel about our lives. Oh, I'd be glad to. Well, you know, first, we like the idea that whatever you focus on, you attract. So the more you're focused on what you love or what you're thankful for, you literally attract more of it. So there's a genuine logic to being grateful uh, for whatever it is you have in your life. And, and when you really think about it, there are so many things. You know, one of them, because I, I have studied, you know, for so many years what I call the power of the mind. And initially, the idea of hypnotism or guided imagery or affirmations or prayer could literally uh, create uh, some outcome, I thought was silliness. I really mean it. I I was quite opposed to that you could um, make all of the major changes that I now know, certainly including with cancer. But um, the opportunity to create your life if you really understand that, it's like, what more could you possibly ask for? Now, that's, a, you know, two sides to that coin. You know, all of your thoughts, in fact, you know, manifest eventually, and depending on how dominant they are. So it takes um, a great understanding about personal responsibility. But still, the idea that you could honestly make a difference, you could create what you really want in your life if you really focus. Boy, I say, I, well, at least I would never guarantee or say, hey, this is a cure for something. I love to say, how would you like to increase your odds? And I know too much. I've just studied too much. I have been uh, using this so much that you can literally, with your focused attention, create, help to create um, 
pretty much, I want to say honestly, everything in your life or at least increase the odds that you'll have more of what you want. But a huge part of this for me that I feel I'm understanding better more recently is being grateful for all of it. When you know that you really are God manifesting in form, if you really think about that, and that your soul essentially has set up everything for you. The deck is entirely stacked in your favor. You may not think it's a wonderful something or other when you're going through it, but in the end, like you say, every cloud has a silver lining. It is absolutely true. And so what I think is critical, and I'm learning to do better, is to be grateful for all of my experience, even the stuff that doesn't feel so good, or you could say there's no way in hell, you know, that I wanted that or... You know, right, all of it. right. This, this is in some way, you know, going to be in my interest, but I am 100% convinced of it. So gratitude is big. Um, and also like the idea of well, forgiveness is, it's forgiveness is really the, the real practical part is about moving on. You know, to, to hold some, you know, thing against somebody and be mad or, you know, want revenge or you're angry, whatever, it's only holding you back. You know, in fact, it reminds me of the old Alfred Hitchcock themes, you know, where, you know, you set a trap for someone and you end up falling in your own trap. Well, that's what yes. you do when when you're not really moving on and um, focusing more on what you really want to do instead of giving energy to things that didn't go the way you wanted. And then I think in the bigger picture, as I said a moment ago, is being grateful, coming to a, a deeper trust in the universe or however you understand this bigger picture, your soul, your place in the universe, why you're here. And again, you have more more help from within and from spirit guides, however you understand that, than you can possibly fathom my understanding. Yes, yes. You know, it seems like sometimes it's it's hard to know where this greater plan, you know, and you can kind of see it in the world right now. In fact, there's so many things I think about in response to what you just said is that um, I, I know, I, I see a lot of of my friends and there's there's a lot of upset right now among people, people who, you know, maybe normally you wouldn't hear that, you know, that, that would be in more peace just because of the way the world is right now. And yet, when you say, Dean, to be thankful for everything and figure that there's a reason, it's like where does this greater plan meet what we're co-creating? Because it seems like, and, and it seems like, you know, maybe we just don't see it all at first and then, then it it appears. Yeah, well, I, I believe this information has been given to me for a long time. And I really believe we all start out with a soul script. Uh, before uh-huh. I was even given this information, I had another way of saying it that made sense to me, and that is before you come into a human form, is you sit down and imagine this um, metaphor or analogy where let's say you were an actor or actress and a director came to you and asked you to play a certain role in whatever it was, a play, a movie, whatever. 
and said, I would like you to uh, be in this production as such because you've already demonstrated a number of things that are critical for this role. But in the most loving way, the director says, and I also think this role will stretch you, that you will be a better actor or actress as a result of taking on this role. You have the choice. The script is written. You decide to do it, and then the difference is how well do you play that part? What is it that you chose to come in to experience? Or I don't want to say to learn maybe as much as remember, but if you wanted to become um, more aware of what it is truly like to be free, you know, an extreme example, um, which you would think no one would possibly choose in the right mind, is to maybe become a prisoner of war. So you really learn to appreciate freedom. And but if you understand the bigger picture, you know, your lifetime of 80 years isn't even a snap of the fingers compared to infinity. And so you take on different roles or experiences on purpose so that you gain a, a deeper or greater understanding of really who you are and um, this crazy, unique opportunity to do it here where by experiencing what love is not, you're able to form more fully appreciate what love is. Yes. You know, perhaps a wonderful, simple analogy is today, Dean, the sun seems so bright and beautiful in my house. Everywhere I went, it was just so beautiful. And what's so interesting is that in the winter here, you know, um, we don't see as much sun for sometimes. And then when it shows up, you really appreciate it. And I notice the light more in the Pacific Northwest than anywhere I've ever lived. Even when it's cloudy, it's beautiful. The way the light, the nuances of the light show up. And so it seems to illustrate your point in that, you know, there are certain times here where, you know, it is is more cloudy, and yet it makes you appreciate things that perhaps in other parts of the country you wouldn't even notice in quite the same way. Right. There, there, there's so many experiences we have. If we really s- slow down and, and think about them, take a little time to reflect, um, so many things to be grateful for. And, and as I'm learning, I think, better um, to really appreciate all of it and to maybe then reflect on, okay, if something didn't quite go the way you thought it should or that you would have liked is, okay, so what can I gain from this, though? And and I, I'm sure you understand and your audience would as well that we can learn certainly as much from our so-called failures as we ever yeah. could from things always going right. Yes, yes. How much does having self-esteem and, and actually really love for oneself and developing that help us to navigate through things like that? You know, even even our imperfect, especially our imperfections, and and yeah. let's talk about that in terms of of balance and nourishing our souls. Well, my understanding is that there is a life force energy. It's been called many names for many centuries, whether we call it God, Holy Spirit, Chi, Chi, Prana. There is this fundamental energy we could call love, to be certain, 
that underlies and connects everything. And when we resonate with it, then things simply go better. For example, if I could compare it to um, an understanding of electricity, and we say when, in fact, we are measuring electricity with a voltmeter, we're, we're, we're measuring the resistance to the flow of the electricity. But when we say that the electricity is flowing optimally, we say it's in phase. And so the ideal then, in terms of nourishing our soul and then navigating life in a way that um, I think Jesus would be an example, is, you know, take my yoga, take my discipline upon you, you know, and things really will be easier, not just that things are always going to be the way you'd like, but you can be happier and healthier. And so as we learn to resonate with the core truth of who we are, resonate with love, resonate even as quantum physics has identified this underlying unified field, calling it one of harmony and order and compassion. Even Dr. David Bohm called it a field of love. When you resonate with it, you allow for a more maximal flow of the life force energy, which will automatically help you navigate through even now all of these, you know, truly times of chaos and, you know, all of the hate and and prejudice. Yeah, yeah. I know. But the more you can not get caught up in that and remember who you are and even the idea that it's all serving a purpose, you know, there is a collective consciousness that this is just simply a reflection of us, whether we like that or not. You know, these times are a wonderful mirror of really what is our collective consciousness. You want to change it? Change your focus. Change your beliefs. Or as you said earlier, do something about it. You're not just a victim. You can change this. Yes, yes. You know, the symbol of a tornado dream, that the, that the times that we live in right now, it's like that. It's like how do, how do you respond to this thing that, that feels overwhelming and perplexing, you know, or, or, you know, you feel like you're not in control, but maybe, you know, if you trust where things are going um, and, and how you respond to it. And, and I often feel like... Um, you know, having so much um, so much unhappiness. There's a lot of, like they were saying that, that, that people are experiencing more depression than, than things, is that they're just so dispirited. And, you know, when I think about, um, you know, how you could nourish your soul, it, it, what, like, what, would we, what would you say to people like that? Dean, there may be people out there that are listening, you know, that, that um, what they can do to to pull themselves out of that and find that peace and joy again. Well, you know, to me, the perfect antidote to any stress or otherwise to make your life better is to go fishing. You know, that was the title of my book, which what brings you the greatest joy and meaning in your life. And that came from my early training and internships with Dr. Carl Simonson, who really pioneered this what we call psychosocial approach to cancer care, is move your life in the, in the direction of greatest joy. That was Dr. Simonton's biggest message, although people really seem to know him best because he was the oncologist who said, imagine your immune system gobbling up cancer cells. His great uh-huh. message, his primary message was joy. Look for joy. 
And look, here's Joseph Campbell. Follow your bliss. This is an ages-old message and wisdom. So even though I know it can be difficult because people think it's too selfish, if you want the um, honest-to-goodness antidote to stress, is do something you enjoy. Just take time to do it. And then otherwise, uh, meditation, of course, is a wonderful experience and opportunity to experience inner peace and to know that your your inner uh, core is really truly one of joy. And I, when I meditate, I almost can't not take this big smile off my face. It just happens because I'm, I know that I'm in touch with something else, and it's just one of real peace and contentment. You can learn to do this. Yes, yes. You know, it's funny. I was, um, I guess it was last week, I was going through something kind of stressful last week, and so I ended up mowing the lawn where I lived. And I, I have a big lawn here, and so I was mowing. I could mow and mow. Um, for quite a while and and I tell you Dean I was just mowing with a smile on my face the longer that I was outside and it was a beautiful day and I was just out there and I felt better I mean any circumstance and then after that everything lifted I mean the circumstance that I was stressed about eased and um, but but I had that experience where it's just sort of this inexplicable joy um, just from being outside and then just the exercise because I really needed apparently to, to walk for a while you know and so I was physically doing something and and so it can seem almost inexplicable that you're going through something that's stressful and and then you find that joy in the midst of it right and even though mindfulness seems so opposed to guided imagery and self-hypnosis self-hypnosis and focusing on you want what you want mindfulness says no just focus on whatever is going on even if it isn't going well and the magic is that it transforms itself i call mindfulness the perfect act of loving yourself accepting yourself and your circumstances just the way they are and it's magical how that is transformative and you can feel so much better within minutes and so that's why um I really am True. looking forward to this retreat, and I, w- I guess I want to make sure also that people know how they can find out more about yeah, it. Yeah, tell when us it all is. about that. Yeah. Okay, so it's April 13th to 15th at the Overleaf Lodge and Spa, and it'll start, uh, I believe, at 7 o'clock that Friday evening, and we'll have one full session, and then it'll be all day Saturday and Sunday, including on Saturday there will be uh, time for ocean walks and uh, related things we can do within that walk, and then um, a sunset meditation and uh, a fire circle where we're going to have s'mores, and you know just really take time to have some fun. And then Sunday even yeah. includes a tour to the owner of the Gerdeman Gardens, you know the fantastic botanical gardens here. So I get the opportunity to talk about all the things that you and I have you know, talked about this evening in this retreat to do the guided meditation so people really get a sense of this and how to do it. And then it's interspersed with the ocean walks, you know, in this perfect, beautiful setting, spa treatments, um, wine tasting even. We're going to have a good time among all (laughs) (laughs) of And and it 
I know that if they sign up before March 31st, and there's still some time, um, there's an early discount. So so that's helpful there for is. people who are listening. It is. Yeah, it's only $175. So I think it's extremely attractive that's, price. And then there are very launching discounts. And the Open Leaf is just a beautiful place. Um, so it, it it's just it's very affordable, and and as we said about um, this in the opening, is that it's the perfect setting, and uh, just it's time to take care of yourself. And I look forward to helping people do that. Yes, yes. Well, and and it's it's a wonderful time in the spring to take that opportunity to to renew. You know, it's a time of renewal and and um and I I just think that it's wonderful that you're doing this and I will be sure to have a link out as well so that cuz I see you have a link at the Overleaf Lodge that's live that talks about the retreat and there is a link to your page as well right now on the show page and so people can can access that, and I'll put it out on FrontierBeyondFear.com as well, so people can easily find the link to this. This um, really, yeah. Thank you. Yes, thank you for that. The the Overleaf Lodge and Spa will be handling the registration, so indeed you can uh-huh. go there or call there on on the internet or phone, and they are really looking forward to this. They've asked me to do this, so I'm especially Great. interested. In I know. So it, <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Going to be, yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool because it shows how the world is waking up when hotels are calling you. <laughs> it's like, of course, that's a very special place. It's it's a unusual it is. place. And as I said earlier, that's where you came when Baptiste and I taught that workshop together there. So you know that it, it really is just made for this. You know, the event center itself where we'll be holding the classes or sessions, and then the surroundings, the Gerdeman Gardens, literally across the street. Um, the yeah. ocean is right there. You're literally on the ocean in probably, honestly, the most beautiful spot I know of on the Oregon coast. Well, and I concluded that before, you know, that was one of, when I first came to Oregon, when I saw Yahats, I knew that it was um to me, one of the most beautiful places on earth. So, so yes, it's magical. So I guess we're amazing that the hour has gone by so fast as usual. Um, but it's been so nice to have you here again, Dean. Just kind of a relaxed conversation tonight, which is always so nice to have. And and thank you for being on the show tonight. Well, you are so welcome. We always do enjoy these conversations, so I appreciate the opportunity. And also, honestly, to promote or let people know about what I think is a very special opportunity to take care of themselves and how to do it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it it certainly is. So, so yes, I'm so glad that that we had this opportunity. So, so thank you again, Dean, for for being here and and for all that you're doing it's always always fun to see what what's coming next so and I love to hear that you may be working on a new book as well that that is very cool so so thank you so much okay thank you susan
Okay, take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you to the live audience that's been with us tonight. Thank you to Blog Talk Radio for featuring us on the, the home page. I'm always thankful for that. I hope those of you out there um, will indeed take a look at this retreat and join us in Oregon, just such a beautiful place. And um, the next show is actually yet to be scheduled and um, it will be next week. Jason Gregory is coming back on the show, and he is going to be talking about his new book, Effortless Living. And we're just working out a time because he's going to be communicating from Australia, so um, we're going to figure out a good way to connect. And it'll be similar, perhaps, to the way that I brought in Irvin Laszlo because I was using some new technology there. And if you haven't heard that interview, which was recorded and then played later, I totally encourage you to listen to that as well because that was such an honor and really a beautiful time with Irvin Laszlo as well. So all of these shows, the link to the retreat that Dean will be holding. Um, they will be out on FrontierBeyondFear.com. Come by, visit, look in the archive, look at what's coming up, and thank you so much for being here, everyone. Take care. Mm-hmm.